Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I am chilling, man. How you doing, Stevie Stacks? I was trying to stay alive from this coronavirus thing, you know? <laughs> duck and dive. I, I just saw one. There was saw one? one? Yeah, one walked around my kitchen. I uh, I stepped on it, so it's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a voice that we're that you are all familiar with, I'm sure. It is the great Jasper Rivers joining us. Give Jasper it is back. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for the invite. On episode 118, no, no less. And um, he was also on episode like three or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? What? Yeah. How many? Have you been on two? Ep- three? This is your third? I think, uh, yeah, I think it's been two actually. Two. Yeah. Okay. So this is his third episode. Third. And Jasper is host of Get Paid for Your Pad and author of Get Paid for the Pad book, the, a book that's launched many people's Airbnb careers, and a podcast that's also launched many people's Airbnb careers it's like the biggest one on the planet about airbnb str all that stuff and um and we're lucky enough to have them today and it's gonna be a great show i'm excited boys let's do it let's do it all right first question for jasper where are you right now and why are you there yeah i'm in san diego i teamed up with eric miller and we're uh building a bunch of cool stuff out here so we uh we've been working together for a while um but in being in different time zones it doesn't really work um so uh decided to just come down to san diego we rented a pretty uh pretty cool spot here on the bay and uh, we're cranking out some uh, some good content over here so Ex- explain Exciting. that because i heard you talk about it on your show but it, it sounds pretty awesome yeah yeah it's uh it's it's a cool spot man it's like our hq right now it's like a 10 bedroom or what is it? 10 bed house or what is it? Well, it's a free bedroom, but uh, the guy who owned it, he was a sailor and uh, he did this race, this sailing race every year. And so he would invite his whole team. And so what he did is he built these Murphy beds into the wall. So we got like 10 Murphy beds that you can <laughs> literally pull out of, of the wall. There's some, uh, some behind me here in the office. Mm. Um, that I can pull out, so it's it's pretty cool. So we can uh, we can host some uh, some events in the future, get some people over, do a little masterminding stuff like that. That's like an Airbnb or wet dream right there. Ten Murphy beds, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> all yeah. over the place. Yeah, and they're all they're all handcrafted, and the guy must have invested quite a bit of money into it. Shit, I mean, even the like um, off the shelf ones that'll cost you like eight grand to put one in. Man, they're crazy expensive. They are, they are, but uh, but they're beautiful. They're they're awesome. So Jasper, let's get to it. So you 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 do your Airbnb thing, and I know right now the world's in pandemic, as they call it, <laughs> due to the uh, coronavirus. Uh, in your markets that you host in or operate in, what have you been seeing as the effects of the coronavirus on on the Airbnb market, a short term rental market? Sure, sure. So, I mean, I, I, I've got a property in Colombia. Colombia hasn't had any cases or maybe like one or two um, in Bogota. So my market, Cali, has not been affected yet. Um, and then my other places are my, one of my places in the Philippines, but that's, that's in a managed resort. Uh, I haven't even looked at it. <laughs> I'm afraid to look at that. Oh, wow. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll see. But um you know, I manage a, a boutique uh, hotel in Egypt. Uh, we haven't really seen any problems there, but that's in the middle of nowhere. So I almost feel like if you have something that's really in the middle of nowhere, 
um, you can always, you can almost do well in this environment because that's where people want to go, right? They want to go somewhere in the middle of nowhere where there's no people. That's exactly our spot <laughs> in Egypt. <so. laughs> I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up because I, I just, I actually just made a video before we hopped on. I made a, I'm making a quick video. I'll be launching it tonight at like 8.30 about that. And I was saying the markets where people are going are the ones middle of nowhere, less traveled. Well, not really less traveled, but just kind of out in the boonies, not getting the whole coronavirus crap. So I'm happy you brought that up, man. So that is definitely one thing to look at. So. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, uh, we, you know, we have a lot of people in our communities mm-hmm. and, uh, we're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of people struggling right now, you know, there's, I think bookings are down 50% year over year, uh, around Europe and the U S. Um, some of the markets, uh, you know, obviously in Asia and Japan, South Korea, but also other countries in Asia, like Vietnam, um, Thailand, you know, we're, we're seeing, uh, we're seeing hosts that are getting almost all their bookings canceled, you know? So it's, it's really affecting the, the SDR community in a, in a big way right now. So as far as stuff's getting canceled, what would your suggestion be to offset the cancellations? Yeah. So it's tricky, right? Because, um, there's this, uh, there's this policy, it's called the extenuating circumstances policy. I'm sure you guys are familiar with it. Um, and so, you know, a lot of cancellations come in under that policy, which means that even if you have a moderate or strict cancellation policy, uh, you're not you're not getting any, any of your money, right? The guests are getting uh, full refunds. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one thing. Now we we've had reports of uh, Airbnb hosts saying that even guests who are not uh, a, who are not uh, under that policy, you know, they're not coming from a risk country. Or it's, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not an emergency. Like for example, in Florida, they now call it, they, they call out an emergency or something. And now suddenly it does fall under the policy. So it's, it's a little bit unclear sometimes, but what, uh, what we've been getting reports from Airbnb hosts where Airbnb allowed the guests to cancel and get a fee free refund, uh, a full refund, even though, you know, according to them, they were not under the policy. So, um, those, those are just some reports that we've seen. But, uh, but in general, yeah, what can you do about the cancellations? Uh, unfortunately, there's, there's, there's not a whole lot that you can do about it. Um, I say if, if you get a guest who, who, start, who wants to cancel, like maybe ask them to book a future date. Um, tell them like, hey, why don't you move it to you know, two or three months from now? Maybe by then all the, the, the trouble is over. Um, I think another thing you can do is, you know, communicate with your, with your guests uh, through the Airbnb messaging system and just let them know and inform them about the situation in your market, right? Especially if you're in a market where, you know, the, the coronavirus hasn't really, uh, hasn't really arrived yet. Because um, people, people are just afraid of traveling in, in general right now. And they might not be aware of what the situation is, but they're just afraid. So they want to cancel, right? So if you can, if you can let them know that there's, you know, there's no outbreak in your area yet and you're doing a lot of things to keep your home, home clean, um, you know, maybe you can, uh, you can make your guests feel more comfortable and, um, and as a result, they might not cancel. As a res- See, and, and, and that's one thing. Like someone brought that up to me. They're like, hey, they're letting the guests know beforehand. Hey, the place is clean, coronavirus. I was, was kind of like, was kind of kind of had a stupid stigma about that. I'm like, man, if I kind of put that on myself, I don't know if they will or won't cancel. So I was kind of hesitant on just kind of being up front with it. Has it worked for you or know somebody that it's worked for? 
I mean, you know, I haven't seen any cancellations in 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 my uh, in my places, um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I I think you you don't necessarily want to bring it up before they bring it up. <laughs> I mean, if a guest starts talking about canceling, then I mean that would be the first thing that I would say. You know, I would say like, hey, you know, Colombia is 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 Corona free. You know, you're you're safe here. In fact, you, you're probably safer here than where you are right now. So you should probably come over. <laughs> Stay a while. Yeah, okay. You know, you know. Um, I consider myself uh, a mostly fearless traveler, and you know, I, I've always stayed at Airbnbs. And we had, we, I was actually supposed to be in Mexico this week, and we we're going to Guadalajara. We we're going to stay at um, Lake Chapala, the, you know, the biggest lake in Mexico. We had a little trip planned for spring break, and um, that was that was up until last week. I and mean, everything was everything was going good. And man, just just a few days ago, I just said, man, you know, um, I don't I don't fear catching the virus I, as i was telling micah earlier i i fear um the government's reactions right now to the virus i've never seen nothing like this ever i mean because they're keeping cruise ships from from docking they're keeping you know they're quarantining people they quarantine the whole country of italy and it's just like I, i'm afraid that if i did go somewhere out internationally that i might not be let back into my country and that's my that's my biggest fear and i have two little ones too so um, sure. if I was the, the traveling Dutchman like yourself, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I'm, I wouldn't have those fears. Maybe you do have those fears. I don't know. But I, I have like a, a, my little family. I'm just, just tagging along with me, and I don't want to be stuck somewhere that I don't want to be, you know. I mean, I don't have any fear at all. So I know you don't. Coronavirus, <laughs> SARS, like swine flu, like I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been to many shady clubs and many places of the world, so <laughs> you're immune, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but you know what you, you one thing that that is worth mentioning is i, I was talking to zefa earlier um who you know who uh, used to host uh, get paid for pat with me and you know he's not afraid of the virus himself and i think a lot of people are because a lot of people realize that you know if you're if you're healthy then uh the, you know it's probably not really going to affect you um but you you could infect other people, right? So he's worried about visiting his parents, for example, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's a that's a really good point. Um, I hadn't thought about that before, but uh, but yeah, it's not just about your own health and your you know you're talking about your kids, of course. So you don't want to go out there and, and catch it and then bring it back bring it back home, right? Exactly. So I had to unfortunately cancel. I didn't hear nothing from the from the host at all. I just you know how Airbnb asks you a reason for cancellation, and I put in there you know. Um, Fears for international travel due to coronavirus. That's I actually put that in there, but it was it was um it wasn't a strict cancellation policy, so I was able to get a get a full refund. Sure. So and and yeah, and they didn't. I guess yeah, I guess they they didn't reach out to me for canceling. They probably <laughs> I'm probably not the first one to cancel on them. No, I mean I'm probably not. Although Mexico, uh, I think hasn't hasn't really seen any uh, any cases yet, has it? But that's where they make Corona. <laughs> yeah, I know. I heard that Corona sales are down uh, like twenty percent, twenty five percent. I think eventually it might be a good thing though for them, because you know, I mean, if somebody if some if somebody invents a new virus or one of those bets brings over a new virus in the future, they can totally call it the get paid for your pet virus. You know, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I mean, that would give me so much exposure. It would be great. You should have you should host a coronavirus party at your place in San Diego. I'll go invite. Yeah, I'll be there. 
Speaking of San Diego, so you, you're based out of San Diego now. Do you have Do you have any Airbnbs that, out there, or no? Not yet, but we're we're, uh, we're planning on uh, picking up some some properties here in the future. Now, um, just to be just to be clear, like right now, I'm I'm, I'm visiting. Um, in order to really be based here, I gotta get uh, one of those visas. So uh, you know, I'll be I'll. We'll we'll see how we'll see how uh, what happens to the world in the next two three months. <laughs> I don't want to make want to make too many future future plans right now with all this <laughs> stuff going on. But um, but yeah, definitely definitely uh, definitely planning to you know to be here more in the future. Okay. Yeah, so cool. so can you go into what it is that you and Eric have going on with the your whole Airbnb? I think what do you guys call it? The Profit Club or Short Term Rental Legends, right? Yeah, we we have a lot of things going on right now. Uh, we've been doing uh, the short-term rental legends, which is a mastermind for people that have uh, over 25 properties. So we've done two of them so far, one in Puerto Rico, one in Colombia just last month, which was uh, pretty incredible. We stayed at a uh, 16th century mansion in the heart of the old town of Cartagena. It was uh, it was incredible. We, uh, we had about 25 people there. Um, and we're also... Yeah, we have the short-term rental profit academy, right? Mm-hmm. That's where we have our students. So these are these are people that have uh, you know either zero properties, they have one or two properties, but they're uh, they're planning on uh, on expanding, right? So we're mm-hmm. helping them to pick up more properties, run their business more efficiently, uh, all of that. We do uh, weekly coaching calls on Zoom, just like you and I, you guys and I are doing right now. So you know we can see each other on video, and it's it's really fun. It's really fun to connect with everybody, and uh, it also allows us to really get a good idea of what's going on uh, in in the world of, of Airbnb and short-term rentals. So yeah. Micah's got like four hundred something. He should be part of y'all's group. Yeah, man. Yeah, you should go down uh, next time we have our event. You'll be hey, our I'll, guest of honor. I might come. I'll see. I'll see. Where's the next one at? <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, in China. That's a good question. That's a good question. You know. <laughs> Uh, we have a few properties uh, that we're eyeing. Uh, we wanna we wanna upgrade every every time we do a new event. We wanna we want it to be like, and you know the next level. Mm-hmm. And so the first one was you know was pretty cool, and the second one was just like just insane. It was so cool. Uh, so now we we you know we set the bar pretty high, and so uh, you know we're uh, yeah we're we're pretty um, we're pretty picky with the properties. Like we want everybody to be able to stay in the same house. Uh, can't be too far from the U.S. because uh, U.S. Canada, that's where most of our operators are. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, like we don't want to make them fly all around the world, especially now with the with the virus and everything. I think we uh, I think we want to, you know, wait and see a little bit, see how it, see where this goes. Because, uh, you know, if you, you rent one of those properties, you got to you got to put up a pretty big deposit. Right. So. So we do, we're, you know, you always take a little bit of risk just putting that on, investing the money. <clears throat> um, so right now, I think, uh, I think we're just uh, focusing on uh, just creating a lot of good content uh, for, for people out there. And uh, we're very focused on helping our students in the Short-Term Rental Profit Academy to, uh, to grow their businesses. Um, so I think that we'll, we'll focus on that in the next couple of months. Now, Jasper, I know you like rub shoulders with Airbnb um, elites, right? And... Um- <laughs> How do you think this um, this whole coronavirus thing is gonna affect the Airbnb's IPO? Oh yeah, I think that's I think it'll get pushed off. I mean, I can't I can't imagine that they would do the IPO this year under these circumstances because it's not just the coronavirus, right? 
it's also there's all our stuff that's been going on in the IPO market that is not necessarily favorable. You know, we had WeWork that canceled their uh, IPO. Um, we had, uh, of course, we you know we've seen the stock markets crashing. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think this is a great uh, time <laughs> to to be IPOing. I don't think there's going to be a lot of they should have done it last interest year. necessarily at this point in time. So I don't know. I mean, if the if this whole virus thing dies out in the next uh, couple of weeks, which you know, I'd be very surprised if it does, then uh, then and the markets recover, then then who knows? Maybe they'll they'll do the IPO in the, in the summer or the fall. But I mean, if I was a betting man, which you know, just to be clear, I'm not. But if I was a betting man, I'd bet against, uh, I'd bet against it. And um, let's talk for a minute about the, um, the arbitrage game. That's a big hot word in the Airbnb community. And so is, do, do you see, like, uh, everybody's talking about doing this now. Do you think it's, um, it's still a smart move? And, or do you think buying properties and doing Airbnb yourself that way is the, the better move? Or I don't know, is there a mix that's, that's good? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I sent out an email to my list like a week ago uh, where I was voicing some concerns about the current environment. Um, I, I was a trader back in 2007 when the, when the whole financial crisis started. And, you know, I don't want to spook anybody, but, uh, but I, I, I just see some similarities, you know. Yeah, so I wouldn't want to take on too much uh, risk in this environment. Um, just because I think there's a, you know, there's a chance. And, and again, nobody can predict the future. I hope that the economy does well, and I hope the coronavirus, uh, you know, dies off pretty, pretty as soon as possible. But at the same time, I just think this is a uh, environment where there's, you know, there's a chance that, you know, we're going to go through a downturn. So um, instead of instead of buying and renting to re-rent the arbitrage, um, I what we are teaching our students right now is you know go for the management model go for the model where you're you know you're managing somebody else's units um because because then you know you, you don't have too much risk yeah create the system and sell the system i like it yeah exactly exactly so that's uh so that's what we're that's what that's what we're recommending okay now in the, now by managing other people's units do you mean like um doing like full leases like an arbitrage where you lease someone's place for a year and then you um and you rent it out yourself as airbnb or or what no no so that so that's so i guess there's i guess there's three models right like you can either own a property you can buy it or you can lease it and release it on airbnb or you can partner with the landlord where you say hey you know i have a i have a solution for your property I, you know, I noticed that you, you're having trouble renting it out long-term. Um, how about I manage it for you? I'll put it on Airbnb and we split the profits, right? You take, you take 25, 30% and then you give the, the landlord, um, you know, 70, 75%. So, so that way you don't, you don't have to invest and you're not committing to a big investment. You know, you're not signing a lease. If you sign a lease and to be honest with you, what I've, what I've seen recently is that, that the the leasing and releasing that market has gotten fairly competitive, um, and so you know I've actually seen people in our communities getting out of leases because it's not as profitable anymore. I mean, when I when I started Airbnb in 2012, uh, you could you could make two three times the the rent on Airbnb, and it, I mean it's, I'm sure there's markets where that's still the case, uh, but I think in a lot of markets that's getting a little 
a little trickier, right? The, the competition has uh, has increased a lot. And so, you know, right now, I think there's you're taking on some risk. You know, you, you got to put up a couple, mon- couple months of uh, rent <clears throat> unless you negotiate with the owner that you don't have to pay any month's rent up front. Uh, often you have to pay a deposit. So you're looking at two, three times uh, the, the rent right there. And, um, and then also, you know, if you have to make some investments in the property, right? So if you partner with a landlord, um, then you can negotiate for them to make those investments, right? Because the, the way you explain it is like, hey, this is your house. Um, in order to do well in Airbnb, we need, you know, we need some extra furniture. We need some maintenance issues that have to be solved and, and whatnot. Um, but that's an investment in the property, right? As, as a result, the property actually appreciates, right? I mean, you have to maintain your properties, right? So, um, so the only real cost that you have up front in that, in that situation is, uh, is, I mean, is not very much at all. Right, you just need to create the Airbnb listing. You need to you need to have some technology in place to to help manage, um, but you don't you don't really have to invest a lot. See, see, um, I love that. I love that. Go ahead, Micah. What I was gonna say was because what you're saying is you, you're 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 lowering your risk, and this is kind of something I was thinking about, and I think should like uh, on one podcast, I listen some bigger podcasts. He goes, one good thing you can always learn is rare and valuable skills. So one rare and valuable skill right now in the Airbnb market that's not there and nobody's really on it is, first off, most arbitragers don't understand real estate and most real estate people don't understand arbitraging. So if you can fill that gap and where you know both, you can be very valuable to the market. Let me say, the next dangerous person in the Airbnb and real estate game is going to be a a syndicator who understands arbitraging. Once you mix those two, you're unstoppable out here. Unstoppable. Because you're raising other people's money. Then you can go get those leases because you already have access to the property. And that's what I'm trying to get into. So that kind of, man, I need to come to the short-term rental legends and we got to talk. I have a bunch of stuff up <laughs> yeah. here that I'm doing. And that, that's- yeah, no, yeah, man. And, and what you're saying is, 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 is very true. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, and you know, at, when we were in Colombia, in Cartagena on our last uh, legends event, we actually had some of our legends who were looking at a, uh, at a boutique hotel that they wanted to manage, right? And they could just see how much opportunity there was. And, um, but they didn't really know how do you raise money, right? How do you get in touch with investors, right? They, they didn't really know how to play that game. Uh, but then one of our other legends was actually, he, he already invested in some of these, some of these uh, boutique hotels. So he knew exactly how to, how to do that. So during the four days that we were in Colombia, they actually came together. Uh, he called up his, his contacts and, um, and they put a deal together, you know, in, in four days time, they put a deal together on a boutique hotel. So I think, I think you're absolutely right. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, real quick. Uh, cause what, what you're proposing, I, I really, I really like that. I re- cause I've been, um, <laughs> I got, I got a little, um, carried away listening to gurus and stuff. You know, there's a, there's a shitload of um, Airbnb gurus out there right now. And, <laughs> <laughs> and as you as you're as you're aware i'm sure jasper i'm not saying you're, you're the real deal I, I but i've there's there's like a there's a, a crap load of these annoying gurus anyways i just i just was one I, I was trying to find these arbitrages and stuff and, and it works for a lot of people but my but the thing is that what, you, what you're proposing is you know being partners with the um with the landlord now how how would this work would you like um okay let's say the the rent whatever 
fifteen hundred a month or whatever whatever he has to pay for whatever you know fifteen hundred a month so if y'all made um three grand a month like fifteen hundred in profit would y'all just split it like seven fifty seven fifty or like fifty fifty or how does it work well, I mean, there's different ways to set it up, but typically, the, typically what we see is that people will charge anywhere from about 20 to 30%, um, depending, you know, what that includes. Um, I mean, you can set it up different ways, right? I mean, there's, there's, there's costs, you know, there's cleaning costs. Um, there's, uh, you know, you want to have, uh, you know, maybe a house porter who's checking in with the guests and the maintenance, you need some technology. So it, it also depends on like what costs you want to push on to the owners and what you take for yourself, right? But um, but yeah, in general, I'd say if you if you find a place um, and you rent it out for about three thousand, um, and you know excluding cleaning costs, because what you what you usually do is you just get the cleaning fees and you use that to pay for the cleaning. So that's kind of outside the whole calculation. Um, but if you if you gross three thousand on on Airbnb, um, you would then you know you would then like take twenty five percent of that. Right, which is uh, which is seven fifty. So you take that, then maybe you subtract some expenses, and you know, let's say you subtract like two hundred and fifty or something, and then you you pay the owner uh, two thousand, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you just take that seven fifty, you cover all expenses within that seven fifty, and you pay the the owner twenty two fifty. You know, it, I think it depends on it depends on the number of factors, right? If if you rent out like a luxury property, right, and it's it's grossing like ten k. You know, you can go down in your percentage, right? Because if you're doing like 15%, that's still $1,500 for one property, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're managing, you know, like, you know, I, I manage this boutique hotel, like it's a kitesurfing school essentially in, uh, in Egypt. And there the rates are very, very low, you know? So if I'm getting like 15%, I'm not really making much, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, so, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting like 30%. Um, and that's on, that's including, uh, also the money that people spend on the extra services that we offer, like the kite surfing, the rentals and all of that. So, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good deal for me. Um, but, um, but yeah, it, it depends, man. It depends a bit on the situation. It depends on, um, how profitable the listing is and you have to negotiate of course with, with, uh, with the landlords, right? Yeah. And, and so do you have, have you have a, a pitch that you do that you use that works pretty good? Could you like give us an example? I mean, you know, I'm not really the expert on uh, on renting out other people's properties. Just to be just to be clear, um, my business partner Eric, like he's that's his thing. You know, like he's uh, he's focused on that since 2015, and he built up a, a, a portfolio of like 100 units here in San Diego. Uh, so that's <clears throat> that's how we teamed up together. Like he's really the expert on. Uh, He's, he's really good at, at finding these units and convincing the landlords. He's got a lot of systems in place, right? What he does, he sends like little bomb bomb videos to realtors and builds relationships with, with people in the real estate community in, in, in San Diego. And uh, once you have all those connections and, you know, you throw workshops, um, people start seeing you as the expert, right? And, and, and so now when, you know, when a realtor or landlord uh, or anybody in the real estate space, if there's a property that they're looking for a solution for, um, you know, they're the first person they'll call is Eric because they know, they know that he's the, he's the man who does that. Right. So I think, uh, I, I think in order to, uh, you know, to, to pitch the landlords, I think you need to like anything in business, you need to think about relationships. You need to build relationships with people and you need to, 
come, you need to show value, right? You need to bring people value. So, <clears throat> so, you know, if you, if you go to, if you go to realtors and, and you just, uh, you know, you give them, you give them a, a model, you say like, Hey, if you know anybody who's having trouble renting out the properties or people who've bought a property and they're not sure what they're doing with it, here's, here's a solution. Here's the numbers, you know, here's how it works. Here's my business card. You know, feel, feel free to call me right now. The, the, the realtor can use that as, in, as a way to, um, to make the sale on the house, you know, Mm-hmm. They they can they can tell the buyer like hey by the way if you buy this house here's how you much you can make on Airbnb and I know somebody who can manage it for you you don't have to do anything you see what I mean so it's all about it's all about building relationships and creating win win situations I mean there's many many ways to find these landlords of course you can go I mean you can go on the street and just just look for a to rent sign right and and just call call the owner and say, Hey, I've got a, I've got a solution. Or, or you could say like, Hey, can I view the view the home? And then, and then you build that relationship when you're at the, at the home. Right. So it's a lot of different ways, but I think, you know, what I think is most effective is, and it's, it's a bit of a long-term strategy, but what I think is most effective is just put, create yourself, create an image of yourself as the, as the, as the expert in the short-term rental business in your area and let everybody know that you're the expert and then build relationships with anybody who knows investors, landlords, realtors, that whole real estate space, you build the relationships and, and then the business will come to you. Right. Yes, I like sir. that. I like that. People don't know that. Yeah. You got to see your value. Yeah. You're not a businessman. You're a businessman. so um oh man yeah we we um we started with corona but uh, we started with the coronavirus (laughs) so we yeah we've gone all over the place um your podcast is huge still huge right still the number one uh airbnb podcast i think so it's up there (laughs) so how did you I know there's a lot of people on here that, that are interested in pot in the podcasting side too. How did you, uh, how were you able to grow it so big? Well, I mean, given the fact that I've been doing it since 2014, uh, I would almost say, how did it not grow <laughs> more than, <laughs> than it did? Um, now, I mean, I, I did this as a hobby for a very long time. And uh, I think the reason that it's grown is just consistency you know, I've been pumping out these podcasts since 2014. It's almost six years, right? And so, you know, I don't, I don't think I, I did a, a very good job at, at actively growing it. It just grew because I just keep, kept doing it. And you were the only one for a while, right? And yeah, exactly. Like the first couple of years, I don't, I don't think there was a lot of people out there. Maybe one or two, but not a lot. Not like now. Yeah, yeah, and I like yeah because we're we're aboard too, you know. We're we're a fellow um, competitor. Yeah. <laughs> so where where like right now in the short term rental game, where where are you headed? Like what what's your vision right now? I mean, you know, for for me, what I am most passionate about is the is the education and and creating content, right? I mean, that's uh, I mean, that's the reason I'm still here after six years, you know. <laughs> Um, I mean, I love Airbnb. It's, it's, it's never really been my ambition to, to grow like a giant property management company. Um, you know, back in the day, I, I had a, a lot of people suggest that to me. Um, but, um, but, you know, for, for my business, I, I kind of like to keep it lean. 
and uh, you know, I own free properties, you know, and I manage that boutique hotel. Um, I manage some units for, for, for students, for clients, but you know, I don't, I don't need to have a uh, 200 units. Um, what I love is the, is the education and I love trying new things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that thing I'm doing in Egypt, I mean, you know, it's, it's a bit crazy because it's like in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't even have an address. It's, it's literally in the desert on the <laughs> ocean. So, you know what I mean? Like the reason, one of the reasons I'm doing it is just because it's fun. It's something new. You know, I'm, I'm, I was just curious, like, I, I wonder if this uh, Airbnb works here. Right. And, and so, and so I created that partnership, but, um, but I'm most passionate about the, about the education, right? So helping our students and, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, to, you know, pick up a few units. If I eventually end up being here in San Diego full time, I, I would love to, you know, I'd love to get a few units and, and just turn them into kind of case studies, um, <clears throat> and get involved in the local, you know, local community and all of that. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, it's just, I like creating content. I like doing podcasts. I like doing, uh, videos. I love, I love the, the short term rental profit Academy that we're doing now just to be on the coaching calls with these students and see them making progress and just connecting with people. You know, I think that's what I'm most passionate about. And how, how does one, like, how does one become a short term rental profit Academy student? Well, one would have to uh, sign up for, for our program. Um, we, uh, we actually did just, just open it up. So we, what we do is um, we don't have a, a, like a constant flow of students. So what we do is we, every, every so often we do, you know, we do a launch, right, where we open it up and we get a batch of students in the program. Um, but if you go to short-term rental profit, profitacademy.com, uh, You'll uh, you'll find some more information there on how to how to join. Cool, cool. That's cool. Uh, you got a new book in the in the works. I'm updating "Get Paid for Your Pad" right now because uh, oh, nice. there's been so many changes, you know. <laughs> so we're we're gonna get a a new version of the book out. Now I've been talking about that for a while, and and, and uh, you know it's it's been it's been getting postponed for 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 various reasons. But um, but yeah, no, I mean. Uh, this year, it's it's definitely going to happen. Hey, are you are you on any of the cash apps or anything like that? The um, PayPal's or anything? PayPal. You on PayPal? I am. On okay, because I still want my autograph copy, and I have to get it directly from you. See, <laughs> <laughs> so is that cool? You can mail me an autograph copy. I can uh, I can do that, man. Yeah, I've, awesome. I, I have to get some uh, some copies myself actually uh, here because right now oh. I don't I don't I don't actually have any myself. Um, but, uh, Come on, yeah, man! You gotta have some. You don't, you don't have to pay me for that. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, I'll have my uh, my private uh, helicopter chauffeur uh, deliver it <laughs> to your door. <laughs> Uber helicopter, I love it. Um, man, I had a bunch of stuff to ask you. I have a bunch of stuff to ask you. Um, now that we got the great Jasper with us, um, automation, because because you're okay. Because you were telling us about you know how how you're gonna or how a lot of people. I, I like how you're following your passion. You're like not getting sidetracked and stuff by. By falling, you know, making it, turn it into a job, you know, and, and I know you fear, you fear doing like a job thing, right? Yeah, that's one of your fears. What of having a nine to five? <laughs> it's, it's just kind of, yeah, it, this doesn't really excite me. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to do, no, you get to live this exciting life. And I bet you have people all over the world say, hey, Jasper, come stay with me for free for a few months if you want. You know, I bet you get that all the time because you're like, you're like, you're, you're super popular. 
and um, super cool guy. And and then um, you help people. You're helping people on their Airbnb game. You might be you might have pe- be making people like thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. Who knows? But you're happy where you are doing your thing and and, and traveling the globe and um and helping people out. So you've built a lifestyle. So it, it's lifestyle first for you. And I dig that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, now it's changing a little bit, right? Because I'm getting a little bit more serious now with, you know, partnering with Eric and doing the SDR Legends and the Profit Academy. I actually have to, you know, I get up at six in the morning now, believe it or not. Uh, the first thing we do is we jump in the in the, the cold bay water right in front of our apartment <laughs> uh, just to wake up, cold plunge. And then, uh, you know, we, we do a 15-minute uh, Tony Robbins priming meditation. We put it on the TV. And then we, uh, you know, we give each other a fist bump and we say, let's crush it. And then we get to work, um, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is kind of a, a bit of a change from what I've been doing in the last uh, six years, just kind of traveling around and, you know, working a couple hours a day and, and, and doing other things, right? So but it's a bit of a change, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's exciting, man. It's exciting. What's so your, your, average, your, ahead, your, your average work day, what does that consist of after the cold shower and the fist bump, the cold <laughs> Cold shower. <laughs> Y'all don't go take cold oh, showers together, right? <laughs> Dude, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty much uh, where you know you see behind me, you can see some uh, you can see some some sheets on the on the walls, some paper sheets with you know core values and and goals and all sorts of stuff, right? So, um, yeah, we're we're really focused on uh, on on growing essentially the the number one education and media company in hospitality in, in the world. Uh, and that's a lot of work. So we, you know, we hired some people. Um, so we got a team, we got team huddles, team calls, uh, you know, coaching calls. Like there's pretty much busy all day, man, until like six, seven. And then, you know, I might have like a glass of wine or two somewhere and then I, I'm in bed by nine or nine thirty. Oh, damn. <laughs> But, but then again, you're tackling your passion. So it's like not even, well, it is work, but it's not even like work that hate, that you hate. Yeah, man. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, talking to you guys doesn't feel like work. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we make it fun. Um, the real quick on the automation front, because like, I know you're, you're not the one trying to accumulate 200 rentals or whatever, but if, if there is, there are people out there trying to do that, trying to, con- uh, you know, either arbitrages or trying to, you know, partner with landlords, what automation um, apps would you suggest for them? Yeah. So that's, that's an interesting question. I, I actually just recorded a podcast on that um, because one of our legends is a bit of a, is a bit of a genius. He's, he's tried out all these different softwares and, uh, and so that podcast will be live in a few weeks. Um, but you know, I, from my perspective, what I've seen and you know, some of this, I've used some of these tools but most of most of my knowledge comes from talking to people on the podcast, you know, talk, looking at what Eric, what Eric does with his properties, and then all of the legends, right? So, I think uh, I think when it comes to well, there's a, there's a few different categories, right? There's automated pricing, right? I think that's a really important one, right? There's beyond pricing, there's wheelhouse, there's price labs. Now, <clears throat> I think they all work pretty well. Um, people have different preferences. Um, but I think I think they're they're all good, right? And then uh, and then there's you know there's online guidebooks. I love online guidebooks because I think it's it's such a it's such a a better way to present information in in a guidebook than 
in an email or PDF. So you still want to do your messaging on Airbnb, but to send people a beautiful guidebook, um, I think is a really good idea. It makes you look professional and uh, people consume it, you know, so people consume the information so you don't, you don't get too many questions. So I love Hostly. Uh, there's TouchStay as well. Um, and then there's, you know, then there's the PMS systems. So for those who want to manage multiple units, that's, you know, you manage like one, two, three, four, maybe five, you can get away with without a, a PMS. But if you manage more, you kind of, you're going to drive yourself crazy if you don't have it. So what's out there, right? There's, I mean, there's a whole range of, of tools out there. Um, I don't think there's one that's necessarily the best. Uh, it depends on your situation and your, and your, and your setup. What platforms are you on? One thing you want to keep in mind is like, you know, if you're only using Airbnb, then you can use pretty much all of them. But if you're using different platforms, then you got to make sure that those, those uh, tools have a, have a direct integration with these platforms, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you can do iCal syncing, but I mean, direct integration is always uh, the best. But I can tell you some, you know, some of the tools that I, I really like. Number one, SmartBnB. I think SmartBnB is awesome. I think that's something that you can use in combination with some of the other PMSs. Um, I don't think SmartBnB in itself is right now the best PMS, but it definitely has the best messaging. And that's also how it started, right? It's an automated messaging platform. It has a artificial intelligence and it has, you know, it has so many different features that um, I, I use it and I think it's amazing. Um, but if you're, if you're scaling, you might want to use something else on top of that. And that's what a lot of the legends I, I see doing. Um, is they're using smart BNB, but then, you know, they're also using your Porter, for example, mm-hmm. right? That's a combination that I, I see a lot. Um, <clears throat> I like your Porter as well. I'm actually going to start using that uh, pretty soon um, because I'm integrating with booking.com and uh, your Porter supports Airbnb and booking.com. So that's a good choice. Um, IGMS is a really good choice for people who are, starting out because you can use it for free for up to four properties. So if you have two free four properties, you can use IGMS for free, uh, which is great, but you can use it. I mean, um, you know, Eric uses it for, you know, a hundred properties, right? So you can use it for more properties as well. But I think it's a really good choice if you're, if you're starting out. And then there's the, the, you know, the platforms that have the most uh, integrations, but they're also the most expensive, right? Guesty, uh, everybody knows Guesty. You know, they, they typically charge, I think it's 3%, um, which is a lot, but then, you know, they have all the integrations. So that might make sense if you, if you are really big. Um, you know, other ones like Hostly, Streamline are, are some systems that the, the larger managers are using. Um, so yeah, so, you know, there's, but there's a whole, I mean, I'm just naming a few. There's probably like a hundred of them. So I would say, you know, do some, do some research. Um, because when we, are, when we were in Colombia and we asked people, what, what software do you use? We get 10 different answers, right? Out, out of like 25 people, we get 10 different answers. So it's just, you know, there's no one software that, 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 uh, that is perfect for everybody. I guess it just shows how fragmented this industry still is, right? Yeah, 100%. But well, it means so, there's room for opp- there's opportunity out there for, for someone to bring it all together in one thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're doing. That's what Jasper. That's, that's what they're all trying. You know? <laughs> but, uh, it's complicated. It's a complicated well, thing. 
one real quick real quick thing about a guidebooks and i never even thought of getting one when i was doing airbnbs um currently my airbnbs are shut down because all the cities in north texas are shutting down airbnbs um but when i was doing airbnbs I, I I thought about getting one and then, you know, whatever. I was like, I've been to people's houses where they have the thing on the, on the, you know, on the coffee table and I've glanced through it. It's like, whatever. But the, I, the one, the place we were supposed to stay at this week in Mexico before we canceled was, um, they had one, they had, I believe, I think it was hostfully that did it, but I don't know who did it. It was a, it was an online one. And so right away after we booked, it sent, it sent us that, that thing and it answered like almost every question I had about the area and what to do there and all these, cause I've never been to this certain particular area. And I was like, wow. And it even had like pictures of the places and, and, um, you know, maps it had, it had it everything. I was like, Holy crap. I've been missing out, you know, cause that right there, just getting the guidebook sent to send it to your, um, to your guests right away saves you from getting bombarded with the hundred questions. And I was like, man, I, if, when I get back into Airbnb and again, I'm definitely going to do the guidebooks for sure. Yeah, dude, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's it makes it makes you look very professional. Plus, those those online guidebooks they're fun. You know, something mm-hmm. that you you want to check out because, like you said, it has like map functionality, so you can kind of zoom in, zoom out, see what's around, see what restaurants are there. It makes it fun, and that's why people consume the information. And and like you said, like you know, you get fewer questions as a result. You get better customer experience. So win win. Yeah, it was awesome. Yes, sir. You got some questions lined up. Oh, Mike is looking at. Um, I was going to ask since since you've been doing podcasts so long, what makes what makes a good interviewer? A good interviewer. <laughs> that's you know that's that's a that's a good question, man. Like honestly, you know the way I, the way that I operate is I tend to just dive into something and just start doing doing it without really having a plan. Um, that's why me and Eric work really well together because Eric likes to have a plan. And so we kind of, we are like opposing forces, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know, to be honest, <laughs> I hope I'm doing a good job, but yeah. And, uh, and, and people, people, uh, definitely reach out to me and they say that I'm doing a good job. But if you ask me what, what is it that, a, I mean, a good interviewer, the one I can, I can tell you some, uh, some observations that I had. Um, number one, it's, you know, some people, you ask them a question and they, they will talk for five minutes, whereas other people, they, they respond in one short sentence, you know, it's like <laughs> teeth, right? <laughs> and so those are the most challenging interviews. And so kind of, uh, I think you, one thing you have to do is you have to learn how do you deal with different types of guests and how do you how do you create a, a good podcast regardless of, you know, who your guest is? Um, but also I think, you know, you want to, you want to prepare some, which I usually don't do uh, to be honest, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I, if I look at like, how can I improve? I should probably, you know, spend a little bit more time um, thinking of questions, uh, sending, you know, sending the, the guests a question sheet as well so that they know what they're getting into. Cause I like to wing it, you know, so I get people on and I'll be like, right, you ready to go? Boom. And then, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you were going to give me the questions first. I thought this was an intake, you know, intake uh, conversation. I didn't know we were going to dive right into it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, what do you want to know? And they're like, well, I'm not prepared. Like, <laughs> so, Tell them you're giving them the raw information. 
<laughs> I know, right? It's um, but but you know what? Like uh, we were talking about, you know, doing doing video on the podcast. Um, now that we, you know, me and Eric are here in this apartment, we have a little office. Um, I definitely want to take it to the next level and start doing like video interviews. I'm very inspired by Joe Rogan. And by the way, talking about coronavirus, he just did one on coronavirus with some virus scientist guy. And uh, it was a bit scary, <laughs> and, uh, you know, sort of the predictions that he made uh, on that podcast. But I mean, I love listening to Joe Rogan. And I think the way that he does it is is really awesome. And that's kind of how I want to model uh get paid for your path podcast in the future yeah jr he kills it man he kills yeah it. and it's and uh, yeah i love his listening to his podcast too because i mean he goes everywhere from you know having just just getting stoned with his buddies on there all the way to like having scientists on there he covers the whole spectrum but yeah. every single one of them is like super interesting because he knows all this crap and he and he just has like this photographic memory so he remembers yeah. stuff he can actually converse with his buddies or even converse with these scientists and doctors and in and, and like a high level way. It's like amazing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So to answer your question, what, you know, what's a good podcast interviewer, you know, I would, I would look at, I would look at him. Right. Like right. I think, and, and what are his qualities? I think number one, he's unfiltered. Like he's, he speaks his truth. Right. Mm -hmm. um, he's not, he doesn't uh, adjust his opinions or, he just says whatever he thinks, right? And uh, so he's very authentic. So I think that's something that that's that's good. It was cool about it. I mean, even if it's like a, a guest he totally disagrees with, he finds something in them that that he he pulls out that I, I don't know that they meet to reach common ground or he he sees a different perspective. He isn't just trying to interview one type of guest that believes in everything he does. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. And that's how I think we should all converse. You know, as I yeah. get on this little this little pedestal real quick. But yeah, if we all converse like that, it would be such a better world. You know, just I mean, I, there's Democrats over here, Republicans or whatever the hell you are, and then um then people are like, ah, oh, screw them, screw them. But like if they all just sat down and talk, we we have more in common than we when we think we do. And that's what that's what his show's about yeah exactly exactly I, I i really love how he uh he he doesn't always agree with everyone uh but at the same time he's not he's not being egotistical about it right mm -hmm. exactly now airbnb the airbnb world have we reached uh, a saturation point yet i don't think so i don't think so i think uh i think we're we're we still have a long way to go I mean, you know, obviously now with the coronavirus, we'll have to see what happens. And this, you know, it's probably going to cause a, a slowdown. But um, but I think, uh, you know, in the long term, we look like five or 10 years from now. I think there's going to be uh, a lot more listings than than now. Maybe maybe not in in certain markets. Um, but I think in on a if you look at the whole world, I think there's still there's still uh, a lot of growth. Now, could you compare it to something like that like from the past that governments have tried to contain whereas once pandora's box was open it's too late kind of thing like a technology from the past saying oh these these rotary telephones are going to be the ruin of everybody you know what i'm saying <laughs> we should limit how many people can have or how i don't know to, to like okay everybody has them now or everybody has smartphones everybody stares at the phone all day now it's just it's just a part of life but can you like can you like um yeah, related to something that like from the past that you think the government's tried to slow down, but now nah, then the government's just kind of, it just, it just bombarded them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like that because there, I think it's, you want to have, you know, you want to have some, uh, some regulation um, to, uh, 
you know, because, because housing is, is a, is a tricky thing, right? I mean, you, if it, if it's completely unregulated, then you, you're going to see some effects, I think in the, especially in the urban, larger urban cities that, that you might not want to have. So, so I think, uh, I think that it's not going to be like this thing where, where, you know, like it's going to be, it's going to be completely 100% legal and unlimited and unrestricted everywhere. I think there's always going to be regulations. I think, I think we have to find a, a status quo right where there's room for certain rentals, um, but it's not completely uh, limitless. Right. I think that's, um, I think that's, that's the way to go. I think that's how it's going to go. I think eventually, because now you see different regulations in different markets. I think over time it will kind of, it will kind of, um, come to like the, the regulations and the situations that make most sense, I think will, will kind of be adopted around the, around the world. Um, but cause right now it's like every market has different regulations, right? It's, right. it's kind of crazy. So, um, so yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think there's still room to grow. I think, uh, I think some markets are obviously a little bit, uh, a little bit saturated, especially the markets where there's strict regulations coming up, you know, or, or have already been put in place. Um, but uh, you know, if you just look around the world, I mean, this is just part, it's part of travel as well. Right. I mean, if you look at the travel industry, it's been growing, it's going to keep growing. People need a place to stay when they travel and, and short-term rentals are, are here to stay. I think there's a, there's, there, there's, we're going to see a little hybrids where you have hotels with, they are not hotels, but like kind of, they look like hotels, but they're really Airbnbs. Right. So I think uh, I think you, we're going to see a lot of that in the future. Um, so you know, before it was hotels and short-term rentals. I think there's going to be an overlap where okay. it's kind of like in the middle, blurred lines. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I thought it was cool because you actually had someone on your show a while back, a fellow Dutchman, who who came on there and gave his case for why there should be more regulation. And, you know, he was kind of a little bit of an anti-Airbnb, even though he had an Airbnb in some other part of the world where I forgot, Croatia or something. And um, so that was cool how you interviewed him. And, and you, and you kind of agreed with him on some stuff. So, so what are some negatives that you've seen that Airbnb has brought to parts of the world? Well, I mean, you know, this, this particular person, he lives in Amsterdam, right? And I mean, imagine you live in, in, in the center of Amsterdam or what a, the center of Barcelona or, one, you know, one of these really touristic cities. And, um, you know, and every other house is, is an Airbnb. So there's con- constantly there's people coming in and out. There's, you know, there's people throwing parties and there's, you know, it kind of disturbs the whole neighborhood, right? The neighborhood loses its feel. Um, I think there's a, you know, there's kind of like a, a, a critical how do you say that critical point? Like you can have a number, a sh- number of short-term rentals in your, in your neighborhood, but it can still feel like a, like a, like a residential local that has still has that local vibe. Um, but I think at some point, if there's too many, then people, you know, it loses the, it loses the vibe, the energy changes. And then people just want to, people want to go away or they, or they want to, you know, they want to cut down on the, the amount of Airbnb. So, you know, it's all about like you have to. You can do it up to the point where where the whole neighborhood is just not not feeling. It gets a different feeling, right? So, so I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, if you live in one of those neighborhoods, like I wouldn't want to live in the in the center of Amsterdam, not just because of uh, Airbnb, but I mean, it's just you know the the whole city center is just completely uh, flooded 
with tourists and then especially in Amsterdam. I mean, you know, we have a lot of really awesome museums and there's a lot of stuff to do, but the, you know, the reality is a lot of people come there to, you know, to, to party and to, <laughs> to try some substances that might not be legal in their own country. And so it's not necessarily the, the, the crowd that you really want in, 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 in your city. Right. I mean, so if you if you live there, right? So, so yeah, I get it. Um, and you know that person that I interviewed, he he was uh, he was actually he's the um, one 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 of the magazines, one of the most popular magazines in Holland. He's the he's the editor, the chief editor of that the magazine, and he was kind of he was kind of stabbing at me a little bit, uh, <laughs> and, and and so uh, you know because he's so anti Airbnb, and of course, like you know, I'm. I'm 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 uh, producing a lot of content around Airbnb, so he was uh, he took a couple steps and thought like you know what like why let's just invite him let's just have a conversation. But the irony is he he actually had Airbnbs of his own. Yeah, so I mean he's not completely against the whole idea of Airbnb. I don't think it's just uh, it's just that it's gotten you know it, it it's gotten a little bit out of control in some in some ever in some areas some neighborhoods, and so. Um, so I see his point, but uh, you know I think it's cool. We can all have differences of uh, opinions, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, so because you you've made a point about uh, people coming to Amsterdam, you know, party pay, part, partake in the in the marijuana. Now my question is this though, since like you know America, they've been slowly legalizing it here. Has there been like a decline in the travel to Amsterdam from here, or is this just mainly been from Europe, or has that had any effect at all? I, I I don't think uh, it's it's had a big effect. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I think Amsterdam still has that appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and also what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of a lot of tourists from China, Russia. You know, a lot of people from there are visiting. So the amount of visitors is still going up, even with all the Airbnbs in Amsterdam. The hotel stays actually never went down. Like it's been going up every single year. So that just shows you that number one, I think Airbnb has, uh, has pr- promoted travel. So there's more people traveling because of Airbnb, right? So it's not like, it's not like you have one pie and you know, the hotel industry and the short term rental industry has just div- divvy up that pie. I think, I think Airbnb has created a big, has created a bigger pie. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, so yeah, so no visitors, visitors, uh, through Amsterdam is definitely not, uh, not decreased, uh, at all. So, and another thing, cause you made a good point about the hotels and Airbnb being separate. Do you, 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 you and Eric, you guys study this a lot more than me. So I, I want to know, like, is there any chart out there that has proved or any city that we have seen like, Hey, Airbnb is straight killing the hotels. Is there, do you no. know of a city out there? I, I don't. Okay. No, 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 really, you know, the hotel industry has, has, uh, has tried really, really hard to come up with a study that shows that, you know, Airbnb is, is, has a negative effect, right? Because mm-hmm. they want those studies to, to use that to lobby with the, with the policymakers. And so they've tried really, really hard, but I have yet to see one study that shows that, for example, you know, they did this in Berlin, they did this in New York, the studies that come out, they're trying to prove that Airbnb is the cause of rising rents, right? Because that's what people don't like. That's the other reason why people don't like Airbnbs because they think, they think that Airbnbs 
um, have an influence on the on the rental rates, right? And so they're saying, oh, and the people in San Francisco are like, damn, my rent my rent's so expensive. You know, that's Airbnb's fault, right? Because it's very apparent. Like, there's it's an easy scape- scapegoat because mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know if your neighbor is an Airbnb host, you look at that and you're like, oh, that's why my rent is so high because there's an Airbnb here, right? But I mean, they they can't prove it, and 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 if they find any any causal relationship it's it's always like very minimalistic it's like a half a percent or a percent or whatever um but i think uh yeah I, I i i mean in certain neighborhoods i'm sure there there you could you could find an effect in certain neighborhoods um but overall the the uh, it, it's just the relationship is not it's just not really there and it's for yeah and you brought up too um what you just bring up you were saying about the uh them being saying like, Hey, rents are going up because of this, because of Airbnb. And it's funny how Airbnb started was because rents were so high. So they had exactly. to start rent Airbnb in some rooms because the rent was so high. So yeah, it's really funny. It's kind of, cause actually that's the reason why Airbnb was created to combat that. So it's, exactly, now they're blaming yeah. it. It's yeah. But, but, but you know, I mean, look at, look at rents from, but start in 1990. Right, just look at a graph, 1990 until now, and you'll see it's it's a it's it's a line that's been going up for 30 years, mm-hmm. right? Airbnb didn't really change that, yeah. right? But I mean, why are rents going up? I mean, I, I have my own ideas about it, it has, and I believe it has to do with just interest rates going down, pushes up housing price, house prices, and mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, can you believe that? Um, you know, I I wrote this email about how I feel like we're we're kind of in a, in a similar spot as we were in 2007. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the similarities um, is like, you know, the house, house prices are all time high stock market, although it's gone down a little bit now, but, um, but I looked at, uh, I, I was doing some research on this in 2007 when the federal reserve started lowering rates. Do you know what, what percentage, what number they started at when they, when they started lowering the rate? When they started lowering it? Yeah, I think it was two point seven five. In two thousand seven, it was no, at no. six six and a quarter. Yeah, when yep, they started yep, yep. lowering the rates. Okay. You know, so that just it just tells you it just shows you. I mean, and I I'm, a, I'm I think I'm a little older than you guys. I mean, I'm I'm forty two, and I think you guys I'm are forty two. Bit you're <laughs> all right cool well, that's, that's the saying that to be safe <laughs> <laughs> thanks man <laughs> but, uh, i'm 30 you know i remember i used to get five percent interest on my savings on my money in the bank i used to get five percent interest Damn. i mean you, i mean if you tell a young person that they look at you like uh you're like an alien or something they, they're like are you high or something like what are you talking about <laughs> interest on, on just like on a on a on a you know a current account like what are you talking about yeah so you know so uh so things have changed you know then uh yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy so okay let's just say let's let's play let's have some fun here let's say <laughs> let's say the real estate market hit hits that bottom low it it, it peaks and it starts it dips what could you say would be the future of airbnb hosts Who's safe? Who's not? And who has something to worry about in the short-term rental space? So I think it really it depends on what model you're you're running. Mm-hmm. We talked about the free models before, right? Whether you own, lease, or uh, or manage, essentially. 
Okay. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, when, when house prices are starting to go down, uh, I think a lot of people have refinanced their mortgages in the last few years with the interest rates going down. Um, you know, and that means, you know, what, what we saw in 2007 is the house prices started going down and people were underwater on their mortgage, right? People borrowed more money than the, than the value of their home, mm-hmm. right? And then what a lot of people did was, you know, they didn't want to pay these mortgages or they lost their jobs and they would just like, you know, they would give the keys to the bank, right? And just, and just leave. Um, and so, you know, if that happens again, um, then what you're going to see is, you know, you know, <clears throat> a, lo- a lot of people, I, I spoke to a, a podcast, sorry, I spoke to an Airbnb host who actually used Airbnb to, to stay in his property, right? So the property was getting foreclosed. And, uh, and so he, he was renting out a room in order to, uh, in order to save his home essentially. So if you ask me, you know, who's, <clears throat> who's going to be in a good spot, who's not going to be in a good spot. Well, first of all, if you own a home, right, you need to, like, if if you have, um, if you have some some uh, some assets, some 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 money in the home, so your mortgage is not, you know, right up there with the with the current house price. Um, if you have, you know, then then you're not going to lose your home, right? Um, so that's that's a good thing. I think also, um, you know, certain markets, certain markets are are always going to be popular from in in travel in general. Right, so it depends on the it depends on the market where where you're in as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to predict, man. It's hard to predict. The one thing that I've learned from the last crisis is that uh, you know you, you can't predict these things, right? Mm-hmm. You can't predict what's going to happen, and it always unfolds. I've I've been through two crises right now uh, that I consciously recall, like the dot com bubble and the financial crisis, which I remember very clearly because I was in the trading business back then i was a trader so i was i was in the in the middle of it um but it's hard to predict how things uh how things will unfold but but you know going back to what we were talking about before you know i would just you know I, me personally i just want to i just don't want to take on a lot of risk right now mm-hmm. I, I would venture uh, a guess in saying that the people who bought houses in order to airbnb them they're going to get crushed because they were looking at Airbnb numbers, they weren't looking at just regular rental numbers. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's People true. Do that? Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's snap them up all over the globe trying to. Oh, I can make four thousand a month doing Airbnb, and let's say they ban it in the city or whatever. You know, a crisis comes. You know, people don't travel no more. Yeah, they're just gonna get creamed. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, obviously, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of people in trouble. Um, and, but, but then what happens with those houses, like those people will, you know, they'll give the keys back to the banks and now the banks are, you know, they're holding the bag. I don't know if these banks are, have been selling these, these crazy, uh, you know, packaged, uh, uh, <laughs> loans to, to the, to the, to other investment banks and that whole thing that collapsed in 2008. I don't know. I don't know if it's that, you know, if it's the same situation as back then. I don't know, like I don't know how healthy the balance sheets are of the of the banks, how solvable they are, how many how much losses they can take. Um, but you know, uh, I hope hope for the best. Let's hope for the best. <laughs> What's a, a quick one? This last one. What's a good with the market possibly going down or whatever? What's a good LTV to have on your house right now? Sixty percent. What do you say is a safe point? 
like a what LTV? Like loan to value, like uh, how much oh, equity? Okay. Like percentage, what equity percentage would be a safe value at this po- point right now? I mean, back, it depends on your market because, you know, in 2007, what we saw is that certain markets, like my, I bought a house in 2007 in Amsterdam. It hardly went down because I was in, I was in a neighborhood that was just so popular that as soon as the prices came down a little bit, buyers would come in, right? So I think it really depends on your market. Like back in 2007, I remember I was working in Chicago at a trading firm and they were offering us free flights to Miami if we would agree on seeing at least 10 condos, right? And they were hoping that we would buy one, right? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so obviously like some markets will, will go down more than others, but, you know, I, I think, uh, I think a, a, a correction anywhere from, from, from 20 to 50%, if, if we really have a downturn, uh, I think 20 to 50% is, uh, is it's pretty realistic, right? So, I would pull all the money out of all your houses right now because then you go bankrupt and keep all the money, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> keep all the money and yeah, we'll put it in the you know in a hole in the ground in the backyard. Just, yeah, just or just fly to some remote island in the in the Pacific or something. <laughs> bring bring all your money. That's the beauty of Jasper's life, man. He don't got to worry about money. He's got friends and and high places and everywhere places. It's good, so, to it's, it's good to have, have friends. It's good to have friends. I was going to ask, okay, more question from me. Um, first timers, I know it's, a, yeah, we got all doom and gloom for a while there. This is the coronavirus episode a little bit. <laughs> and, but like first timers who are like, I want to think about doing Airbnb. I, I want to try, I want to try to get, you know, get my house up and running or a house, that, a rental. I'm going to try to switch to an Airbnb. What's some, some golden advice from the man, Jasper Rivers on um, how to start off doing Airbnb successfully? Yeah, I mean, you know, it obviously depends a little bit on your on your situation, but I say I'd say one a couple things, right? Number one, you need you have to educate yourself, right? You have to really know what you're doing because because uh, the hosts, like thanks to you know people like you and <laughs> you and I, you know, we've been educating the world on on this uh, on this topic. So you know, hosts in general are doing a better job. Um, you know, you, the markets have gotten more competitive. So, I mean, if you, if you own your own home and you want to you wanna rent it out, you know, when you're away or you want to rent out like a spare room or something, you know, those are situations that it's, it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit safer because, you know, there's nothing really that can go wrong, right? I mean, if you go on holiday for, or you go travel for two months, you put it on Airbnb and, you know, let's say one person rents it for two weeks and you make uh, $2,000, that's just bonus because otherwise it would have been empties, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of like the, 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 the type of that's doing Airbnb in a way where you don't really have any risk at all. It's just a bonus. Um, but then obviously, you know, if you go out there and, and buy something, with the intention of doing Airbnb, I would look at two things. I would look at, you know, how much, how much cash flow do you think it can generate and then multiply that by 50% and then, and then see if you can still afford to, to pay that mortgage. Right. Um, do that stress test uh, just in case. Right. And then also look at, you know, you have to look at regulations as well. You have to make sure that they don't, you know, come out with some crazy regulations in the future. So you got to know, you got to understand like, you know, are the people here against Airbnb? Is there friction? Are, are there any laws being, being discussed? 
um, because you don't want to buy your place and then do Airbnb. And then, you know, a couple months later, you're not allowed to do it anymore. Right. So that's another thing you want to look at. And then in general, I'd say just be a little bit conservative with the numbers, with the projections. Um, and, and again, I would, uh, I would, I would rather, if you're going to find a new place to rent out, you know, I'd rather at this point, I would rather manage a few more people's places than rent or buy a few more places. Because also, you, you know, when, if, there, if there's going to be a downturn, you know, the best thing to have when, when things have collapsed is some cash on the sidelines, mm. right? So, you know, I'd like to have a little cash on the sidelines right now to, to take advantage when, when things really uh, uh, plunge, when price start plunging. Yes, and again, sir. I don't know if they will, but I'm not a financial advisor. I'm, you know, this is not advice to buy or sell anything. <laughs> as a disclaimer, but uh, but that's just my uh, that's just my view. I mean, I, I guess you look at history. You know, what goes up must come down. It goes on in cycles. So I, I, I do see that happening. And in other words, first timers out there to to get started, buy get paid for your pad the book, and then um, it'll teach you everything. That's that's always good advice, but even uh, <laughs> even on the blog uh, getpaidforyourpad.com, you can listen to three hundred and seventeen podcast episodes. Uh, you oh, guys yeah. have one hundred and eighteen, so I think together we have about four hundred and fifty. So, um, you know, there's plenty of free information out there. But uh, I think the most important thing is is educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? You really have to understand the game now. You can't be like like I was back in 2012, just you know, spend an hour creating an Airbnb listing, and and the next day the bookings start rolling in. You know, those days are over. It was nice, but those days are <laughs> over. You know? yeah. That's a that's a great way to learn too, if you think about it. Just dive in oh, and yeah. then learn from your mistakes. You know, that's that's how I did it. That's how you did it. That's a lot my of favorite did. way to do it. But and you can do that if if you if you rent out a spare room or if you own the place. Right. Um, but um. But if you're if you're going out there and getting a lease, like you need to, you know, you need to be on the on the ball right away because you're, you know, you're you're investing uh, a bit of money there, and so you need to make sure that you're getting you're maximizing your listing, your income, you know, you need to use technology, all that stuff. You know, one thing I've noticed in my arbitrage search because I've I hit up Zillow. You, you know, you know Zillow, of course, right? Sure. And um, I hit up Zillow, and I and I try to get a hold of these landlords, and I try to send them a message. Hey, you know, I like your house. I'd like to go see it. Blah blah. And Zillow it tells you response times, and some people's response times will be ten hours. Some people will be one day or two days. I'm like, are they even trying to rent their damn houses? <laughs> you know. And it's not just people trying to rent long term houses, but there's I was gonna. Yeah crappy <laughs> airbnb hosts all over the world that have you know crappy response times i mean there's oh, yeah. room like if you go in there and you just like you bust your ass and, and then be like awesome at customer service i mean that's automatically gonna get you a little bit uh, uh, ahead of ahead of like i don't know 80 percent of the of the airbnbers out there yeah for sure man i mean it depends on the market right i mean i, I see markets where you know i would say you know, 60, 70% of hosts are actually doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So there it's a little bit harder to get ahead. But there's also markets, you know, where where, where, where what you're saying is 100% accurate, right? And, and I mean, you know, if, you, if I look at one of my markets in, in Cali, in Colombia, I mean, when I bought my, my place there in 2017, I mean, I, I could hardly find any, any hosts who really were doing a, a good job, right? Now there's already more. So it, it changes quickly. Mm. 
Oh, good point. Good point. Well, man, um, this has been a great interview. We always love chatting at you, um, Jasper. And we're excited to see what you're doing in the future. You got any more questions for the great Jasper? Oh, oh man, that was it, man. I'm definitely going to sign up to be on your show. I'll come on for it. You know? Yeah, that'd be fun, man. That'd be fun, man. We'll have both of you guys on the, on the show. We'll come up with a good topic. A little round yeah. table. Not, not the topic we mentioned earlier off the air, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you want to. Unless you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on for what? Your second one? Yeah, second time around? I think it's the third, third, man. Third time around, man. The, the second time you couldn't make it. You, you, you couldn't make that. I, I didn't make it? Oh, yeah. Okay. It was just me and Jasper. Oh, but, um, ah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's but great. it was. Yeah, so, um, yeah, third time and looking forward to more in the future. Um, yeah, man. So, where can people find you? Yeah, um, get paid for your pad. That's the best place to go. That's kind of like the the place where you can get all the free information, the blogs, the podcasts. You know, on Amazon, you can find my book. Um, there's a Kindle, there's an audio, there's a print print version. Um, you know, if you if you're looking to really grow a business, you can you can go to shortermstrprofitacademy.com or shoot me an email. Um, if you really want to grow your business, we have a coaching program for that. So you can always message me, email me at uh, jasper at getpageforyourpet.com. No, no. Would you mind? I mean, is it uh, like saying the prices about what the prices yeah. are in the academy? I mean, we're we're so basically what we're setting it for is twenty five hundred for, and what you get is is you get all the the courses. So it's basically it's a video course, right? So we have a uh, we have a lot of content in there: how to build your business. Um, how to find the properties, how to, you know, deal with the owners, how to pitch them, but also the hospitality aspect. We have a mindset course in there too, because we noticed that, you know, having a strong mindset is pretty important for any entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've kind of combined our, our knowledge and everything that we've learned and put it in there. We've got a lot of resources, accountability system. We got um, trainings on different techs. But I think the most, uh, I think the most valuable part of our course is really the, the coaching calls. Like we, we get on the coaching goal every single week and people that buy our course uh, can can, um, can get those for a year. So you're getting 52 Ooh. of them, right? So every week we're coming on, we're going on Zoom, we're answering questions, we're doing trainings and whatever is is uh, is needed with, from our students. So a couple of days ago, we, we, went, we did a whole training on how to, how to survive the coronavirus, right? What are some tips on getting bookings and, and all of that? So you know, I think being part of the community, um, we, you know, we are very passionate about, uh, about communicating, connecting with our students. Um, you know, so I think that's the most valuable part, being able to actually connect with us for an hour and bring your challenge to the group on, we do hot seats. So you bring your challenge to the group in the hot seat. We give you feedback. The other students often chime in. And just having a support group, when you go on a, you go on a call, you actually see people in front of you on the screen. Um, every single week uh, with some support, advice, emotional support, you know, sometimes that's all, that's all what's needed. We all have our ups and downs and it's just nice to have some, some people that can support you. So I think those coaching calls are the best. Um, now 2,500 is the retail, but uh, when we do launches, we usually, you know, we usually give people a deal. Um, so we'll, we'll have, uh, we'll have, uh, we'll have more launches coming in the, in the future, uh, in the next, uh, actually in the next, you know, I don't know when you guys are publishing this, but uh, there's there's going to be plenty of opportunities for people to to join and and get a good deal. 
Man, that is dirt to me. I mean, right up, it's dirt cheap, guys. Twenty five hundred bucks, man. Um, the, and I'm saying this because we've interviewed guys that <laughs> that charge a shitload more, like uh, kind of like thousand dollars a month kind of thing going on. Or um, if you want direct contact with them, you're gonna be spending ten Gs or twenty Gs. I mean, it's just exactly, insane. Yeah. So twenty five hundred bucks plus you get fifty two weeks of uh, or fifty two coaching calls, man. That's just that's dirt cheap. But, I mean, yeah. you can get you can get a lot of our time if you want to, um, and, and the way that we look at it is like you know like the way that I like to coach and and support is like if you're if you're willing to put in a lot of effort and go out there and just crush it, I'm excited to give you extra time and I'll jump on an mm-hmm. extra call with you or something you know because I love seeing that. So the students that are really really active, you know they yeah I mean they they are getting a great deal essentially. I tell people, man, if you got hustle, you can get a lot of stuff for free, man. And that's what I tell people that I coach too. I say, hey, man, if you got the hustle, you come back to me. We can work. I'll do a deal with you if I see you have hustle, man. All my time yeah, is yours. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to be part of a, of a success journey, right? So if somebody's exactly. willing to really go out there and crush it, um, you know, I'm, I'd love to be part of that. So I'll, you know, I'll divide more of my attention. I'm sorry, man. I just looked at my watch and just got a crazy-ass message. The NBA has suspended the regular season due to the hiatus and would determine the next steps. Oh, That my. is insane. That is Gosh. nuts. Man. Wow. That is nuts. Oh, man. And the Dallas Mavericks are going to win it all this year, man. That's crazy. That sucks for them. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> just kidding with Mike. Man, yeah, well, man. go ahead. Oh yeah, you go ahead. I was going to uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for hopping on with us again. I know you um got a lot of work to do. Got some um, wine to drink afterwards and cold showers <laughs> with your buddies. However you do it. Uh, <laughs> just, um, but yeah, man, uh, this is awesome. You know, seeing you, seeing you on your journey, and and then you, yeah, you get to, you you inspired us to to do more, and and we stuck with it, and we're sticking with it, and and we love it. We love Airbnb as much as you do. And um, not maybe not as much, but eh, right, right there, close by. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 we love the freedom it provides. And so I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you're still out there, man. Just um, helping people out, inspiring people. And yeah, you're the Tony Robbins of the Airbnb world. We, we love it. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for for having me on, and uh, congrats on you know getting to 118 episodes. That's that's a that's a pretty cool number. Yeah, pretty cool, man. Yeah, man. We're moving. So, Sweet. guys, if you want to follow, oh, yeah, by the way, Live, Let, Thrive, we thank you guys for being listeners. Be sure to follow us on IG, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, check out Get Paid for Your Pad, the most inspiring podcast out there on, on the STR tip. Um, and, yeah, just continue listening. Thank you for listening. Leave us a review, like, rate us, subscribe on for YouTube, and uh, thank you all for being listeners. And LLT is out. Peace. Peace. Peace, everybody. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.